friends, this week's episode is sponsored by House of Joppa. If you're looking for beautifully curated Catholic home decor, jewelry, art, rosaries, and other gifts, look no further than House of Joppa. Each product is designed to draw you deeper into your faith and help you fall more in love with Christ and His Church. Whether you're looking for something for yourself or a special gift for a friend, head over to the website in the show notes. My favorite product from the Lenten Easter gifts and decor is the carved wooden crucifix. It's absolutely beautiful. Abiding Together listeners receive 15% off off their purchase at checkout with discount code ABIDE15. That's one word, ABIDE15. Check out the link to their website in the show notes or head over to houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. We hope this episode blesses you. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life, the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast and our next journey into the chapter of the books, Be Transformed. We're going to talk about reconciliation today and how reconciliation, the sacrament of reconciliation, heals our wound of shame, which this is going to be a deep one, dear friends. But before we launch in... Michelle, I think you're waiting for your kids to come home so like they don't ring the doorbell. You know what I'm saying? I know. This is the joys of real life. Like you're like, okay, <laughs> real life. girls, we've got to record in 35 minutes because after school kids and they'll ring the doorbell because, you know, I mean, it's a long walk to the back door <laughs> to unlock the door themselves. So no, we got to tell everybody what the, what you found in your bed, which I thought was just hashtag mom life, you know? Oh my gosh. I woke up this morning. I was so frustrated because I got in my bed last night and a certain middle schooler who will not be named was watching a show while I was running the other carpool. And I got in my bed last night and I kept on feeling something like sharp, like hit me. Long story short, sweet potato chips, crumbs all in my bed. Not just like a couple of them, but like 25 of them. I'm like, oh my goodness, who eats sweet potato? Like full ones, like full chips, like in my bed. I'm like, did you just dump a bowl in my bed? I was so aggravated and I was so tired and Chris was out of town and it was just like, okay. Oh, you just got to laugh. It's a good thing that I've had all day. Yeah, the struggle is real, you know, Mm -hmm. but Heather, how are you? It's cold up here friends. It's chilly and it Mm. normally isn't where we live. Like, because we, I know I'm in Canada, but we live so close to the coast. We normally don't, but it's been freezing. And then I was in Los Angeles last weekend and it was cold there too. I just couldn't even escape it. So it rained. It was like once in a lifetime, like poured rain. I think some places even had snow in California. Mm. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm ready at some point for a bit of sun. I'm not Mm. sure where I'm going to find it. But Wait, yeah. you come to me, girl. It's sunny and 75 here today. Come on down. I might yeah. just show up on your doorstep. Yep. I might just ring that doorbell. Come on, well. girl. Yep. How are you, sister? How are you? Well, doing well, doing well. I, I too, am 
I'm in a place right now, I'm in Florida and it is springtime here already. And I just have to tell you, like we were I actually had to close my window because we're recording because you can hear the birds outside. But the morning walks where you get the scent of like the fresh blooming flowers and the mm. birds in the trees. I mean, I do feel like I'm a Disney character. I might be Snow White, it could be Cinderella, it might be the chickens who are gonna come <laughs> sing with me. I was expecting I all the birds to come on your arms, like through the episode. <laughs> They're like, Are you an Alfred Hitchcock movie? Are you what what's going on? Like what's is that kind of birds or like are you in the Disney movie? So but it's yeah, so I love I love nature. And when I think of how God, one of the ways God blesses me is just being outside. And it's, I'm like a little girl. I just, I can't tell you Mm. how happy it makes me to be outside and breathe Mm. the fresh air and go for walks and work in a garden when I can do that. I just, I don't know, just ever since I was little, always made me happy. So Mm. I just love love that for you. I love it. Okay. So one, one another thing we do all love is we love to be healed and we love really the transformation of the healing of our wounds. So we're going to talk about the sacrament of reconciliation and how it heals the wounds of shame. And the scripture passage for this particular chapter is from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 11, which is, we know this as a story of the woman caught in adultery, where Jesus encounters this beautiful woman whose heart has been broken. And, you know, Jesus is trying to be trapped, and, and the woman is, you know, legally bound to being stoned. And Jesus steps in and offers a way of mercy. And he says to her, neither do I condemn you, Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Do not sin anymore. And can we just thank God for the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of, if it's a healing sacrament, it's given the church as a healing sacrament, and it completely transforms us and restores us. And so as we maybe as we kind of dive in, Heather, do you want to start us off here about just what Bob has to share about the sacrament and your own experience and what what strikes you as we dive into this? Honestly, as I read this chapter, I was just like, Lord, it's too much. That's how I Mm -hmm. felt about like sin Mm -hmm. and like certain Mm -hmm. sins. And as I read it, I was just like, oh, like it was just making me cringe, like reading the story that he was telling. And I was like, Lord, you're too merciful. You're Mm -hmm. so generous with your mercy. And Mm -hmm. that bumps up against like not just what I, my judgments of other people's sins, like of this story he was sharing, but my own places that I can't believe God loves me there. You know, I was just struck by God's generosity. Yeah. Really deeply struck by that and his mercy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Michelle? Yeah. I was thinking about this and the woman caught in adultery and it's such a beautiful scripture and the Lord has me just diving deep in the love of not only the sacraments, but of scripture these days, like really getting back the word. And I was thinking about the woman caught in adultery. And a lot of times it says like he kneels down and he's drawing in the sand, Jesus is. And I love that because he is meeting her, like he's even changing his position. He meets people where they're at, not where he wants them to be. And like he says, neither does I condemn you that this beautiful sacrament is, first of all, it's a sacrament of healing. And there's something about that, that Jesus meets us where we're at and he meets us with tenderness where we are at. And I was thinking about that. The women caught in adultery, it is, you know, a sexual sin. And Mm -hmm. our good friend, Beth Davis, that works with Blessed is She, she just gave a beautiful breakout session on healing from sexual sin and redemption. And one of the things that I really loved about her talk was that she was taking almost the shame around sexual sin away, like, so that light could come in. 
So the darkness can't penetrate it because there's something about that sin, you know, one, I think because it's a sin against the body, but two, that we just want to hide in darkness, you know, but the very thing that we need is actually light and let fresh air to come in and not let it fester and grow in the dark, but to allow light to come in and transformation to come in and that we have a God that sees us. And that we have a God that meets us where we are and that he wants, he doesn't come to condemn us, but he, there is conviction, but there's not condemnation mm-hmm. because he really wants connection. He just longs to be with us and he want, longs to meet us there, even in our brokenness and even in our sinfulness, which is ugly. We don't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. So sister, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, you know, really tells, he begins this chapter with a very tender story of uh, a young woman who just had the the deep experience of being sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of us know what that's like. And all of us, you know, this side of heaven have experienced love being withheld or withdrawn. And we've experienced, you know, just so many variations of, of that reality. And, all of us, and he traces it out even in the Garden of Adam and Eve where they were naked. Before the fall, they were naked without shame. And then you know, they choose to turn away from God and shame enters in and all this disorder. And can we just can we just say that all of us hold shame in our life? All of us Amen. hold you know a deep area of our life that we believe is unlovable or that we want to hide or that we we at all costs just just don't want to have anything to do with it. And Father Jacques Philippe talks about like a, a, a felt like a felt sense of like lacking in being mm-hmm. like just that we know there's something missing. We know that there's an inherent, not, not a defect within us, but just like this defect of, of life. Like we know that. And so all of us have this wound of shame and all of us have the same pattern. I think if we're honest with ourselves of Adam, when, when we sin or when we have people sin against us and those places are, are experienced areas of shame, we all want to hide. All of us want to hide. We turn away. We want to hide. And what the sacrament of reconciliation does is it brings those places into the truth of God's love where we experience the healing of those effects and the presence of God. And it is, you know, perfect love that casts out fear. It is it is the experience of authentic love that that heals shame. It's not minimizing, it's not talking ourselves out of it, it's not hiding those things, it's not exploiting, it's not shamelessness. It's actually allowing these places to be encountered by the tender love of God, especially in the healing sacrament of reconciliation that heals our shame because it restores the truth. Mm-hmm. And and that's the journey of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember going to confession one time. I'm not going to tell you everything I said. But oh, come on, <laughs> Heather. That would be that. fun, though. Um, come yeah, on. Girl, you yeah, can't it's like a yourself. different level of um, authenticity. But no, I, I, went, I went to confession. This was many, many years ago. I was a college student, and I remember confessing some sins. And I was like the queen of like, put it under the banner of something just mm. under the umbrella. You know, I'd put mm-hmm. like one term. It's like, you know, some sins against this, you know, whatever. And that I, and that was my way of like, that was my shame coming up, you know, and I just kind of wanted to still sort of hide it in some way. I didn't want to totally say it. And this priest just gently said, can you tell me more about that? Like, do you mean Mm. this or this? And he just kept like, Mm. and there was a part of me that was like, oh my gosh. And, and, and I almost had nowhere left to hide, like from his questions. Mm. And there was something so loving about that. Like, it was like, he was just saying, we're going to leave no stone unturned here. Like if Mm -hmm. you are coming back 
to Jesus and reconciling your heart to him. We're going to leave no stone unturned so that when you come back to this memory, you're going to be able to look at it clearly Mm. and not go, oh, I kept this part hidden. Am I really forgiven? You know, because the longer Mm -hmm. we stay in isolation and in the darkness, that's the enemy's playground right there. Those are the places that he can attack us with doubts. Like God doesn't really love you here. He won't really forgive you here. Or maybe you weren't, maybe you didn't experience like the blessing of the sacrament or like full reconciliation or whatever it might be. And so Mm. that priest just taught me a lot about the love of the father who desires everything to come into the light so that we truly can be free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think there's something about, we've talked about it before, like going deeper in our sins. All sin comes from a lack of connection and all sin comes from a wound that has festered and mm-hmm. been disordered. And so to go deeper and really learn about ourselves, it's become good students of ourselves and to have, like we've said before, like have holy curiosity. Okay, why is this sin? I know like Father Mark Toops, if you've ever gone to confession, great praise from Louisiana. And if you have a sin that you've confessed more and more, he, oh man, he won't let you get off. He'll, I remember, I still remember this confession I went to him. He goes, okay, this is something you you confess before? I'm like, well, yes. And he's like, okay, what leads up to this? What is the situation? What mm-hmm. is the environment? What, I mean, and he made me get like curious about like, what is the common themes? He said, okay, it does the Holy Spirit give you a way out because with every snare of the devil, is there a way, you know, like what is like, how do you get into the situation? I'm like, oh, wow. And it, it just made mm-hmm. me like, really be curious about it. And when I went to confession for that, and really we had an in-depth conversation, when I received the sacramental grace and absolution, I felt the power of the sacraments mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, there's something here. Like the Lord really wants to cleanse this wound out because it's a sacrament of healing mm-hmm. so that I can mm-hmm. live a resurrected life and to approach it that way. And I was like, oh, it is such a gift, that power of reconciliation. And I have to be, I used to be one that really feared the sacrament of reconciliation. And I love to be the queen of vagueness when I confess my sins like, oh, well, you know, and now it's like the more intentional we can get. It is more like the deeper cleaning of the wound. I think St. Faustina says that, like, don't fear Christ's mercy. There is nothing you can do. Don't fear his mercy. Just allow it to pour over you with grace. But I mean, I think also, sister, you and I have had this conversation before. I know I've also had really horrible confessions, though, with really Mm -hmm. not the most pleasant priest who hurt my feelings. And I'm like, okay, like Mm -hmm. you come to yourself in a vulnerable position and then you're not received Mm -hmm. beautifully and Mm -hmm. or tenderly more is the word that and that's hard. Sister, Mm -hmm. would you like to just even touch on that for a second? Yeah, I, I just I know many stories from many people who have just had some really hurtful experiences with priests in confession and have left the church over yeah. it. And I just I just want to tell you, mm. if that's your particular story, I just want to apologize on behalf of the church just for ways it, it, that were hurtful or ways that were not helpful to you. And and I think all of us kind of have to sit in those places and kind of examine like, well, okay, what, what, what Lord, what, what was happening there? And I, but I just want to invite you, if that's your experience, I just want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the grace to come back. And like we've talked about in, we talked about last week in the Sacrament of Holy Orders that, that you know, priests are people and they have their own struggles too. And they don't always represent the God fully like none of us do, but please don't let that be an impediment. Cause that's one of the things the enemy loves to do is to continue to press upon those places of woundedness and keep us away from the very thing that will heal mm-hmm. us. And 
and just to allow the Lord to bring those, because, you know, sometimes, and I, I, it's true, like we've all had experiences like that and, and I'm a nun for the love of Pete, you know, and it's like, but sometimes I have to ask myself, like when I get offended, is it because it's my pride that's getting offended? Mm -hmm. Is it because I, something was said that I didn't want to hear, or maybe it was something that was convicting to me and it's much easier for me to kind of blame the person. But I think, so there's always many things that, that are going on. And I think, please, my, my dear friends, I'm not about begging you, please come to confession, please come back to the church, please come back, just come back. And, you know, the priest, find a good priest, go to confession, no priest, they've heard everything you can, they, they've heard stuff you can't even make up. Like they've heard, nobody's going to pass out, the priest is not going to pass out. And mm come to the healing remedy, come to the healing remedy. And it's just, even as a religious sister, many times I've had to go to confession for things I'm embarrassed for. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to say that. Like I'm a nun. Like I don't, and you can just hear my own pride and my own, you know, self-reliance there. And just the Holy Spirit inviting me to deeper places, like just come and be honest. And just the experience of like, Lord, you gave me the grace to say the thing. <laughs> you gave me the grace to talk about the woundedness underneath the thing. Like you, and walking out of the confessional of like, the enemy can't play on that anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, we continue to walk in the truth. We have to, we continue to walk in the truth and, and pr announcing the truth and renouncing the lies in our life. But those Jesus wills to remember our sin no more. He wills to remember our sin no more. And so the day you and I so go see God face to face, God will not bring any of that up because he wills to remember it no more. I've been in so much counseling over my life. I've been to 12 step meetings. I've been to group therapy. I've been to deliverance ministry. I, nothing replaces a good Holy Sacramental confession. Amen. So it's, oh my gosh, what a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jake, my husband tells a story about how he was working with someone, you know, in his counseling office and just like, couldn't, there was just no breakthrough that was happening. And, um, yeah. and just like many hours like spent with this person and they went to confession to Father Mark Toops, actually. Shout out mm. to Father Mark Toops. Yeah, um, give it up. Father Mark Toops, we love you. And there was You're like amazing. a massive breakthrough that occurred, like in the sacrament of confession. And Jake was like, man, what did I do wrong? And, and Father Mark was like, there's some things you just can't do. <laughs> Jake, like there's just some things you can't do. And, and it's not because Father Mark Toops is great. It's because... God's mercy is great. And this is how he set it up was to come through the priest through this sacrament of reconciliation. So even if the priest, like, I mean, as we, Bob talked about in the Holy Orders chapter, even if he's not, a you know, living out his priesthood well, God still, like his grace and his mercy still come through just as strong because that's the kind of God we have is that he's not going to let a broken vessel disrupt the Amen. amount of mercy and grace that that comes through the sacrament simultaneously. Father Mark also said, you know, Jake, you did a lot of the work to, to help yes. this person get to a place mm -hmm. where they were disposed to the grace of the sacrament. And I think that that's just an area that we have to like come to grips with is sometimes we just go, you know, to the sacrament and we're like, ah, nothing's changing. I just keep confessing the same thing. And I think, Michelle, you were touching on this. Sometimes we need to look at the whole situation. Like, what is happening under the surface here? Where is this? What is the desire that's underneath the sin that's gotten mm -hmm. twisted? Like, is it to be loved? Is it to be seen? Is it to be welcomed? Is it to be whatever it might be? Because usually it starts with a good desire for something mm -hmm. and we're just bringing it to the wrong place and we're allowing the enemy and maybe our flesh or, you know, whatever to, to have it all twisted up. And so to really press into some of those places and maybe have somebody accompany you in those places so that you can be well disposed to receive the grace of the sacrament. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
That's so true because there's always, nothing is ever random. And especially all of us have repetitive sins that we take to confession a lot and really asking God for the grace of like, of like Michelle saying, like you both are saying, like what's underneath that? Like mm-hmm. what is underneath that? And is it something that, you know, I think I know myself, like there are places like we, we kind of want to root it out, but we kind of don't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh man, Lord, this is really good. This is getting real. Like, do I really, and do I want to let go of that self-righteousness or do I, want, do I want to let go of that judgment or whatever that, that thing is? And I, I just was reflecting a lot about how Adam, when God comes in search of Adam after the fall and God says to him, where are you? You know, Adam's response is, I was afraid because I was naked. And I just noticed he didn't say, I was afraid because you're scary, mm-hmm. or I was afraid because you're abusive, or I was afraid because you're not good. He said, I was afraid because I was naked. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking of like all the places of our life we experience like the kind of nakedness that's exposing versus revelatory of mm-hmm. before the nakedness, the exterior nakedness was an interior revelation of their of their harmony, of their goodness, of their receptivity. And then after the fall, you know, the exterior nakedness is a threat. And emotional nakedness is a threat. Like the places where... Where, you know, even Michelle, you were saying, you know, last time in our episode that they're hiding even in marriage, like all the places that we hide. And those are the places that we experience a lot of shame. And those are the places usually that we try to to hide or to put on fig leaves. And so I'm just wondering, like for each one of us, I'm like, oh, Jesus, what is one place of, of I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself? Like, what is one place in each one of our lives that you would like to just to to open, to spend time with us there, to give us the courage to be seen there and to be healed. So then our nakedness is no longer a threat, but it's a vulnerability, our poverty, our nakedness is an invitation for the Lord to come and love us. And that's a different way of living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's something about hiding. It's so exhausting. It's so tiring Mm -hmm. to be hiding all the time because the the deepest desire of of our hearts as human beings is to be seen and loved and known. And when we're hiding, that's impossible. You know, like we're, even though we have a God who who does see us and know us and love us, we shield ourselves from that. It's like the fig leaves like put up this barrier between mm-hmm. us and and the love of God that wants to welcome us home into his heart again. Michelle, what were you going to say? Yeah, exactly what you were saying. I think this desire for reconciliation, desire for communion, because I was thinking about it, each of us have that ache for home. Like that just deep Mm -hmm. longing for home. And when we experience the sacrament of reconciliation and we really experience where it's like this deep cleaning, like, you know, like when you have the cleaning people come in and it's this deep cleaning, it's like the Trinity can be at home in your heart and in your soul in deeper ways than it was before. And I think that's the beautiful part of this. Like we've said many times, it's there to heal us. And I love how Bob says, Mm -hmm. through the sacrament, the Holy Spirit is capable of reaching the deepest areas of our heart that keep us in degradation and separation. And it said, mm-hmm. he uses a quote from the catechism. It says, the whole power of the sacrament of reconciliation consists in restoring us to God's grace and joining us with him in an intimate friendship. And that's catechism 1468. Mm-hmm. And it's about intimacy. It's about the mm-hmm. Trinity coming closer and say, we want to reside even deeper in you. And it's okay. It is okay. We're coming to clean this out. There's no place, there's no closet that's too dirty, you know, for the power of the Holy Spirit to clean out. There is no room that is too dark and dirty or degradation that the Holy Spirit can't go. Like Sister was saying, there's nothing that you can do that is bigger than the love of the Father. There is nothing that you can do that is bigger than the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. But we think that, and I know I thought this, that I'm the exception to the rule. 
yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah, but, you know, oh, I just like, that's just too close for comfort because there's something about us that doesn't feel like that we're worthy to receive healing or where they would receive love mm-hmm. or to be loved in these little places. But I think Austin, when you do have a priest that meets you there with tenderness and you experience the love of the father, there's something that's so transforming when you can tell the parts of you mm-hmm. that you just don't like about yourself. Mm-hmm. You just can't stand this about yourself. And then, and then you're frustrated yourself. Like, why do I keep on doing this? Like I, you know, St. Paul says, I do the things that I want to do. Like, shouldn't you're like, I am 50 freaking years old. Shouldn't I be over this by now? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, shouldn't I've grown up in this yeah, part yet? You know, jump. aren't I the mm-hmm. adult here? But yet this little girl part of me still comes out like, and then you degrade yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think the sacrament of reconciliation restores our dignity and takes away our degradation of our own selves, mm-hmm. you know, and restores mm-hmm. us to the part the people that we are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the healing too has to be in us exposing ourselves to the truth of who God is. Yes. Because mm-hmm. ultimately when we want to resist like going to the sacrament of reconciliation, it's because we don't trust that God loves us or that he'll that he will welcome us or that his mercy is enough for us. And so one of the ways that I've been able to do that is to get back into scripture. So I'm listening to the enemy telling me all of these lies like I'm not worthy or I should feel ashamed and just like put myself in a place of isolation and stay keep it hidden in the dark. But when I go into scripture and I just keep reading about like like, yeah, Jesus, who are you? Is this the kind of God that you are? And all I see is him like going to the lost and the broken and the sinner and and into the most horrible places and touching dead people and everything that everybody wants to resist and push away from, he's drawn to or he runs to or he makes space for and he puts himself in close proximity and even puts his hands like onto the leper, onto the dead person that he actually wants to be so close to us there in those places where we're broken and where it's messy and ugly even. Mm -hmm. And that his hands don't just come to like give us a pat on the back, but they come to heal us and restore us and transform us. You know, this is what the sacraments are all about. It's not about us just like, yeah, I got to fess up. Uh (laughs) It's, It's about deep restoration and healing so that we can experience the full life that Jesus has come to bring for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I thank God for the gift of reconciliation. I mean, imagine if sin could not be forgiven. <laughs> imagine mm-hmm. if the world's sin could not be forgiven. I just, oh, thank God. I I love mm-hmm. this quote by St. John Paul II on page 127 that Bob includes here. He says, St. John Paul II says, The reconciliation with God leads, as it were, to other reconciliations, which repair the other breaches caused by sin. The forgiven penitent is reconciled with himself in his inmost being, where he regains his innermost truth. Mm. He is reconciled with his brethren, whom he has in some way offended and wounded. He is reconciled with the church, and he is reconciled with all creation. And that, what a stunning work of the master artist to reconcile us with all creation. And I, yeah, I just wonder for each one of us this Lent, like where does God want to reconcile us with all creation? And we can go to confession. We can go often. We can go as often as we, as we need, we should all go regularly. And it's like the Lord continues to reconcile and to restore in every single way in ways we can't even possibly imagine. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. 
And I love what Bob says. There's a quote that he uses about an absolution prayer they pray in the Syriac church when this priest speaks the words of absolution. Mm. And I've gone back to this like three or four times and end up writing in my journal. It says, may the Lord by the inrushing of the Holy Spirit destroy and utterly mm. wipe out of your soul every fault, every blasphemy and every kind of injustice by which your soul has been made unclean. But, and then Bob even says, just that image of the inrushing of the Holy Spirit gives a visual image of God's love and light rushing in through a recently opened portal of the heart, like destroy, wipe out, like just, it's like this tidal wave of like the tsunami of grace. And that's what the season of Lent is. It's a tsunami of grace. It's a tsunami of returning. It's a tsunami of the Lord speaking so loudly, come home, come to me, come into my arms, come into my embrace. But it's a tidal wave of mercy and love that he's just asking us to receive. And if you've ever been pushed over by a wave, you can't stand in it. Mm. Sometimes it pulls your feet out from underneath you and it envelops you. And But this wave is not scary. This wave is consuming and it is warm and it feels like home. And that is what the Father is mm. inviting us to is a come back home to the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Preach, girl. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Any last words, friends, um, to conclude this chapter as we wrap this up? No, I think for just our listeners, like Bob did such a beautiful job. Like after every chapter, there is so much depth and richness of questions that he invites us to go mm-hmm. into. I'm like, dude, there's a lot in this book. Well done, Dr. Bob. Well done. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, you could just marinate in this forever. Like, Give yourself the gift of going to confession this Lent. It's not a duty, but it is a delight. It is an invitation mm-hmm. for the Father to heal you, for the church to heal you. So do yourself, give yourself a gift. I give you permission. Go get you some confession. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Go get you some. Yeah. It's awesome. Anything, Heather, you want to add? No, that's good. I just, yeah. yeah, my heart just feels like I just want to pray for people this week in particular. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. this is big, big stuff. Like Bob is gently taking our hand like into some really difficult places, but these are the places that separate us from the love of God. And the whole goal is communion with him. That's what it's all about. Amen. And Christ is always there with us. And as we allow our hearts to come to the surface and we might find places where we've been deeply wounded by other people, and maybe those people aren't even sorry, and how deep, just how catastrophic that is. Or maybe Mm. we've done some things that we've never confessed or things that we know are deeply wounding or we have confessed and we still can't forgive ourselves. Christ is there with us and, and there's healing for all of us in the sacrament of reconciliation. And so, so yes, dear friends, please go and be reconciled and we're going to keep going to the love of the father. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Miss Michelle, would you like to share your one thing for the week with everybody? My one thing is a book from a dear, dear friend of mine. We grew up together, so I consider him a brother more than even a person. He's like family. More than a person. (laughs) More than a person. He's awesome. (laughs) Is Holy Grit by Paul George. It is a book about um, virtues of men and growing a man and ladies. Mm. This is a perfect gift to give your husband for putting their little Easter basket. And Paul just does such an amazing Mm. job. Uh, Mm. He and his wife, Gretchen, who is one of my dearest friends, do beautiful marriage retreats, but then Paul does a really amazing discipleship group mm. for men. 
-hmm. He really is just an amazing informing man. And he's really funny too. So I will link this. The book is called Holy. He is so funny. (laughs) Holy grit. What about you? Miss Heather? Oh, me. Um, So I have two one things. One is I had the pleasure of seeing Jordan Peterson a couple weeks ago live. (gasps) And um, it was really special, you know, and it's not that I agree with everything Jordan Peterson says, but I have so much respect for this man who's willing to suffer for the truth. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just really a pleasure to listen to him, to see his courage and uh, yeah, like just sit in his presence and like kind of at his feet. Like it was that experience. Like we just kind of sat at his feet for a couple hours and it was really lovely. So that's one. And then the other one is the song Communion by Maverick City and Stephanie Gretzinger. It was just making me think of this song. Uh, as we were speaking today. So you can check that out. The link will be in the show notes. Sister, Mm. what's your one thing, girl? Well, y'all, in keeping with the birds and the trees and the fresh flowers, my one thing is spring. Spring is Mm. happening this week. It is finally happening. And for all of you who live in colder places, maybe it's still still on the way. But (laughs) I was just thinking, I just, I love spring because Mm. it just reminds all of us that the winter won't last forever. And maybe a lot of us feel like it's, we live in Narnia where it's always winter, never Christmas. And I just love Mm -hmm. that the spring reminds us every year that the earth goes through a cycle and all of us go through a cycle. It's a suffering death and the resurrection again. And the spring always comes after the winter. And so whatever winter and you're in your life right now and, you know, we're in the winter, but it's going to come. Spring is coming. So let's, yeah, let's just hold fast to that and just experience its Mm. beauty. So, so good. So next week, friends, we're going to conclude with chapter nine and the conclusion of the book and kind of wrap things up as our book study as Lent before we move into Holy Week. So thank you for sticking with us. If you find yourself fell off the wagon, you can just get back on. You can just join us and we're just going to keep going together. So this has been a really beautiful journey. And so until next week, we'll be inviting together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlist, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.